Hey guys, what's up? I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for joining us in this week's podcast. If you could rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, uh, I would be forever grateful to you for that. And also, if you really want to go for it, you can get some free koozies. Send me a screenshot of your rate and review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will send you free koozies. What more do you want? Go do it, and enjoy the show. Safeties drop really deep. Handoff Sermon over the left side. Big hole. 30. First down. 25. 20. Breaks a tackle. 15. 10. 5. The minister is into the end zone. Preach. Mason takes the ball. Fakes a handoff. Fires over the middle. It's caught by Aitman. And he takes it into the end zone. He juggled it for a moment, but got it back. Pistols firing. Touchdown Oklahoma State's Marcel Aitman. There's more to us than that. Two receivers left. One right. Quarterback keeper here, 30-yard line, Jesse 25-20, to the goal line, touchdown! 35 yards on the run for Jesse Ertz. Turpin in motion, they fake to him, hand to Hicks, he'll walk in and score! Hit the horn with 7.39 to play in the second quarter, and the Horn Frogs now go up 13-7 in advance. Country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. So, we're about two weeks away now from National Signing Day, and this is going to be the best collective year the Big 12 has had since conference realignment and expansion kind of ruined everything for the Big 12 a few years ago. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Appreciate you guys joining us. If you haven't tuned in, heartlandcollegesports.com, our Big 12 site. I own and operate. I used to work out in Woodward, Oklahoma. Covered the Big 12 Conference, now in uh, New York City working for CBS Sports Illustrated and a couple of other outlets. And uh, this is my way to get this conference more national coverage that it deserves And, hey, if the recruiting classes keep like this, it's going to start getting. I went through some of the numbers on 24-7 sports, which is the, you know, I I, whatever. You want to use rivals, 24-7 sports, whatever it might be. I use 24-7 sports for the sake of argument. And the Big 12 has six of its 10 teams ranked in the top 32 classes. Texas at seven, Oklahoma, make that Texas at three, Oklahoma at seven, TCU at 20, Baylor 23, Oklahoma State 29, and West Virginia 32. Now, to put this in perspective, I went through all the Power Five conferences to see, you know, who else had teams in that top 32 was the number I used. The SEC had nine, the ACC has six, Big Ten has seven, Pac-12 has three. So the Big 12 by far has the largest percentage of its teams in the top 32. They have just as many as the ACC, which has 14 teams. The Big Ten has one more. They have 14 teams. The SEC has three more. They also have 14 teams. And the Pac-12 is behind everybody with three teams. Also interesting is this. Finally, Texas and Oklahoma are both recruiting at a top-tier level. These two teams over the past five years have yet to both have top 10 teams. Think about that for a second. Oklahoma and Texas 
have not both had top 10 teams at the same time over the past five years. I mean, that has killed this conference. And I know Charlie Strong had, you know, he had a couple of good recruiting classes. He did a good job with some guys. But this Texas program has not recruited well by its own standards over the past, you know, almost almost a decade now. It's almost to that point. And even Oklahoma, who's made the college football playoff two of the past three years, you actually look at the numbers. The end of the Bob Stoops tenure from a recruiting standpoint, this is not a knock on Bob Stoops. He's a hell of a football coach from a purely recruiting standpoint. OU's classes, you know, they were anywhere from about 8, 9, 10, up to 20. That's fine. But this year, they're at 7. They could move higher. And Lincoln Riley, ironically, doing a heck of a job on the recruiting trail, him and his staff. Fantastic job. And to think that OU and Texas may have two top 10 teams, something these two programs haven't done over the past five years together, that changes the entire outlook of the Big 12 Conference. Because, and I've said this before, you may hate Oklahoma, you may hate Texas, that's fine. I would totally understand that if you're a fan of Oklahoma State or Texas Tech or TCU or Kansas State or whoever it might be. I understand that. I'm not saying you got to like them. But all I'll say is that they are the anchors and the money makers in this conference. And the reason an Iowa State can get $40 million per year in TV revenues from this agreement, from these deals, is because of Oklahoma and because of Texas. So when they're better, that benefits the entire conference. That is a fact. And also think about this. So OU's now got six of 10 teams in the top 32 for the 24-7 sports um, college football recruiting rankings. Of course, we're about two weeks out from signing day. The Big 12 plays a round-robin schedule, and there's no dodging anybody. It's not like the SEC where, you know, unless you have a rivalry, you may see a team just twice over a 12-year span. Twice in 12 years, you may see a team on the other side of the conference that may be a top 10 recruiting team, like a Georgia, like an Alabama, like an LSU. But every week, this conference does not let up. All right, you want to argue Kansas? We can go there. But for the most part, this conference does not let up in a round-robin schedule, and this Big 12 is recruiting as well as it has in years. So we've got six teams right now in the top 32 for the uh, recruiting rankings. Last year, the Big 12 only had three in the top 30, OU at 8, Texas at 25, and TCU at 28. Two years ago, 2016, only, once again, three teams in the top 32. That was Texas, that was Oklahoma, that was TCU. Again, same three teams. 2015, you had three as well in the top 32. Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. And then four years ago, 2014, you had four. OU, Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. So this team, this conference, is now recruiting at a higher level than it has since conference realignment and expansion a few years ago. And that is huge coming off a very successful season for the Big 12 that saw a college football playoff appearance, that saw Oklahoma beat Ohio State, uh, that saw the depth of this conference shine in non-conference play, and then also during the bowl season, 
This was a great year for the Big 12, and you are seeing that pay off now on the recruiting trail. It's enormous for this entire Big 12. Now, I will say this. You know, it's amazing to me that Oklahoma State has not recruited better over the past few years. Now, I know the Oklahoma State fan is going to say, well, we take guys like Justin Blackman and turn them into NFL prospects. We take guys under-recruited like James Washington and Brandon Whedon and turn them into NFL prospects. That's great, but why not? At what point can Oklahoma State go out there and recruit some you know, top 25 classes? Is that too much to ask? Seriously, I mean, TCU walked into this conference, and I know they're right in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, but still, you know, it's not like Oklahoma State is in Portland, Oregon. It's a couple hours up the road. Mike Gundy's had an incredible amount of success there by Oklahoma State standards, and he can't recruit a top 25 class. He's sitting at 29 right now. It seems unlikely he's going to crack the top 25. I just think if Baylor's out there recruiting top 25 classes off of a one-win, horrendous season, scandal uh, situation from a couple of years ago, Mike Gundy, who's won 10 games three of the past four years, has competed for a national championship several years ago uh, in the old BCS days. He's been there for a decade. It doesn't appear he's going anywhere. He can't get a top 25 class to Stillwater with those facilities, with that success. And don't tell me, well, you know, he can't, you know, you're not going to be a blue blood. Top 25 is not a blue blood. It's not. I mean, you're talking about the South Carolinas, Virginia Techs, and Arkansas of the world and TCUs of the world. Oklahoma State can't compete with them. But the Big 12 is not just getting quality classes, it is also getting really good players. And here's another way to put this in perspective for you. I crunched these numbers. The top 50 players in each class, according to 24-7 sports over the past, I went back four years. The Big 12 has six of the top 50 players in the country coming to this conference uh, currently, as of right now. That could, of course, grow. But six of the top 50 players right now are coming to the Big 12. They are going to OU, Texas, or TCU. Last year, zero. Not one of the top 50 players in the recruiting rankings went to the Big 12. That's not good. Two years ago, it was three. They all went to Texas. Um, In 2015, it was one. In 2014, it was three. So over the past four years, seven players in the top 50 have gone to the Big 12. This year alone, six. That's big. That is important. And once again, you can sit there and you can say, you know, the recruiting rankings don't matter. I mean, look at, you know, we see some of these guys, they're two, three-star guys. They go to the NFL. They, they become Heisman contenders. Nobody's talking about them. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm not saying that Iowa State can't beat Oklahoma or Iowa State can't beat TCU. We know that can happen on any given Saturday. And we know that there are teams like uh, Reel Them Off, Florida, Notre Dame, uh, Texas A&M, UCLA that always recruit well and always end up with mediocre results. We know they're out there too. But also, you know what else is always out there? 
Alabama, now Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. These are the programs that are always in the top five, top ten of the recruiting rankings. And guess what? They're always there now over the end at the end of the season. That's what we've seen time and time again. So, sure, you can coach guys up. It's not so black and white. But when we get to the national championship game, it's typically a couple of the Blue Bloods. And you know what? That's because they're recruiting them and they are coaching them up. Recruiting's one thing, then you got to coach them up. If you can put those two together, wow, then you got something special. Then you've maybe got, not at this level, but something like a Tuscaloosa, something like what Kirby Smart is doing in Athens. That is how you get something special. So don't tell me recruiting doesn't matter because it does. It's proven time and time again. And for the Big 12, this is the best recruiting cycle the conference has had since realignment. It's huge coming off this 2017 season that was super successful. And it's a sign of really good things to come. And it's an exciting time for the Big 12 Conference. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Find us online, heartlandcollegesports.com. And I should also note, if you're a recruiting nut, um, our own Derek Duke has done a fantastic job covering some of the recruiting scene, getting some uh, Q&As with some of the guys that could be headed for the Big 12. So he has done a great job on that. You can find him on Twitter at DerekDuke25. as He's really been hammering away at the recruiting trail for us at Heartland College Sports. All right, coming up next, let's uh, transition to some hoops. Uh, Bob Huggins can't get into his own stadium. What's that all about? And also... The biggest surprise so far in the Big 12 Conference? We'll get to it next here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So the funniest story in the Big 12 Conference this past week has got to be the security guard that did not let Bob Huggins in the side door at the Coliseum on Saturday. I, I, I would love, and I'm going to try to track down this guy because I want to find him, I want to interview him or her, and hear how that conversation went down and, and if they thought they'd make it out alive. Pete Munda with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Really appreciate you joining us. HeartlandCollegeSports.com, our Big 12 independently owned and operated website. Huggins told this story after the game uh, last weekend, and that was the idea that, you know, he goes to walk into this same door. He's been walking into the arena for years, and basically whoever the person was guarding this door wouldn't let Bob Huggins in because he didn't have his credential. Now, just the gall. I mean, that you know, I, unless this guy's living under a rock, Bob Huggins, I mean, guy's from there, uh, legendary WVU personality all around. We know the ties, everything else. I would be shocked if this person didn't know who he was. But the idea that Bob Huggins walks into a side door he's been walking into for years, and you look back at him and you say, uh, sorry, sir, I need some credentials, some ID. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bob Huggins has had some heart issues over his time, and I'm shocked 
absolutely shocked that his pacemaker didn't like blast through his body or whatnot the moment that that question was proposed to him. So what does Bob Huggins say back to the security person? He says, looks at him and says, are you prepared to coach the team? Could you imagine? Bob Huggins looks at you after you don't let him in his side door and says, uh, you want to coach the team tonight, pal? That is, uh, uh, it's just too good. It really is too good. Mountaineers got back on track uh, with their big win, but then they go on the road and they lose on Monday, on Big Monday at at TCU. And by the way, the worst court storming you're ever going to see in your life was the TCU court storming on Monday night. I'm, I'm happy for Jamie Dixon, an alum, turning around the program. Uh, you know, this team needed this win desperately. I mean, you know, if you follow this, they desperately needed this win, or they would have fallen to 2-6 and six in Big 12 play at the bottom of the conference. They get a top-10 win, helps them for March. Huge win for TCU. But there was either some kind of confusion where the security was not letting them get on the court from a certain angle and players that are, you know, the fans had to go around to another spot. But at first glance, you know, they were cutting away from it on ESPN. It was like 10 guys out there. I, I, get, get back to your seats if that's going to be your court storming. It does look like it filled up a little bit uh, after the cameras cut away, but I couldn't help but laugh. I, you know, I started a hashtag things better than TCU court storming, of which I included Nick Saban's sideline personality. I mean, that's that's how bad it was, this TCU court storm. But the, the team that has impressed me and surprised me the most so far this Big 12 basketball season is Kansas State. I mean, the Wildcats have done this as of late without Stokes, who, by the way, apparently is nearing his return, which would be absolutely huge, absolutely enormous for this Kansas State team. Uh, they get the win on Monday over Baylor on the road. They're now 5-3 and three, right in the Big 12 race. You know, it's Kansas, of course, and then there's everybody else. But Dean Wade, this guy is finally figuring it out. You know, he spent his first couple of years as kind of an enigma for this team and this program, and you saw the potential one night, the next night, you know, he just would disappear. But he has played these four straight games, which are a one-point loss at Kansas, a win over Oklahoma, a win over TCU, and a win over Baylor. He has played some of the best basketball of his career, 20-plus points in every game. You know, he's grabbing six-plus rebounds in every game. He is finally figuring it out. And with Stokes apparently nearing his return, that's enormous for Bruce Weber, a guy who a lot of fans were all ready to get rid of multiple times over the past couple of seasons. And now here you have it. I mean, this Kansas State team is in the thick of this Big 12 race. And I had just been so impressed with Wade. And you combine him with Barry Brown, you bring back Stokes. All of a sudden, this is a darn good team. Now, I hate to say I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with Wade. I I would like to think that he's now more than halfway through his junior year, and this is who he is. What we've seen here is who he is over the past week and a half. Maybe not this good, but, you know, the, the nights of uh, six points on 206 shooting are done, hopefully for Dean Wade, which he did against Vanderbilt earlier this season. I'd like to think those are done. 
But if you're a Kansas State fan and you're saying, I'm not so sure, I would totally understand that. I really would. And I would absolutely respect that as well. But now the word that you keep hearing, I mean, every Big 12 broadcast, I'm hearing this. The word meat grinder. Because that's what the Big 12 has become. You look at this team, this conference, and Kansas is on a five-game winning streak. K-State's on a three-game winning streak. Everybody else has either won one, won two, lost one, lost two. That's what the Big 12 is. Night in, night out, no day, no rest, no time off. Uh, it is just absolutely every night, just like football has become, basketball is like that as well. And that's something that I think this Big 12 Conference is finally getting the credit it deserves for. I mean, you look at Baylor and Iowa State sitting at the bottom of the um, conference standings. I think Baylor's a pretty good basketball team. They're in most of the games they play. Uh, and then Iowa State's a young team that's going to be much better next season. So I think this conference finally is seeing that respect on the basketball court as well. And, and continuing that momentum from the football season has been really exciting. Coming up next, we wrap up the show with a little more court storming talk. I don't get it. Some Big 12 fans just can't help themselves. Next, right here, Heartland College Sports Weekly. So just when you thought that you saw the worst court storming in college basketball when Texas Tech stormed the court against West Virginia a couple of weeks ago, Oklahoma fans said, hold my beer. Pete Mundo wrapping it up with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always appreciate you joining us. This was as bad as it gets in Norman on Tuesday. You get a huge win over Kansas and, you know, OU needed that snap a two-game losing streak feel good about themselves after a tough week last week against Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I get it. Good win. But you were a top five team last week. You cannot storm the court. Now, luckily, it was like a dozen losers or so who decided to go out there and storm the court. But that was inexcusable. I could not believe it as I'm watching the end of that OU-Kansas game. And I see like I see a couple of fans start running onto the court, and my thought, I sat there and I thought to myself, as the final seconds are ticking away, boy, no one's going to actually storm the court, right? I mean, you know, you're the 12th team in the country. You were top five last week. This was your fourth top 10 win this season. You're not going to storm the court, right? No, you wouldn't do that, would you? Well... Apparently you would, because uh, that's exactly what happened. Now, most fans did not. It was like a very small handful. I don't know, like security guard on that side of the court was asleep or what was going on there. But uh, that was just, that takes the cake. That is now the number one spot for the worst court storming of the season. I don't see how that can be topped. I don't see how you can get your fourth top 10 win of the season. You can be a top five team the week prior and decide to storm the court. I don't know how that how it gets any worse than that. But uh, you know, we'll see. I, I guess it I guess it could. You know, I didn't think it could get worse than TCU to be honest, but it uh, or than uh, Texas Tech to be honest, but it did. So let's see. Now, speaking of the game itself, Trey Young was a different guy. And how do you not I don't care who you root for, how do you not love Trey Young? 
First off, he calls uh, Holly Rowe after the game in their post-game interview. Thank you, Miss Holly Rowe. He's a class act. Uh, and he realized he was shooting too much. TCU took 27 shots. Kansas State took 21 shots. Oklahoma State last week took 39 shots. This is, and it looks bad in the stat sheet, but this is a guy who doesn't want to do that. So what does he do on Tuesday night? He goes out there against Kansas and he scores 26 points on an incredibly efficient 7-9 shooting, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, 9 assists and 4 rebounds. That It was a just a beautiful game. And the fact that Trey Young can go out there and do that and can just literally flip a switch and turn his game around and turn uh, what he was doing, just flip it upside down, is a credit to his maturity and to his basketball IQ. Because he gets it. This kid gets it. And OU fans, enjoy these next two months. Maybe a little more if you get to the Final Four, maybe uh, nine, ten weeks. But he's gone. I, I don't see how, if you're Trey Young, with the season he's having, you stay in school. I like the Steph Curry comparisons. I get the Steph Curry comparisons. I'm all in it. I totally understand. And while the NBA draft is hard to predict because there's so many foreigners that you and I just don't follow, don't know. I mean, you know, this 18-year-old small forward from Bosnia, I'm not keeping a close eye on. Yeah, I got enough on my plate. If I start following Bosnian basketball and not getting paid to do it, somebody slapped me upside the face. That's a problem. Something has gone haywire in my life. So I don't know... Um, when it comes to the NBA draft, how these foreigners factor into it. What I do know is that when it comes to the guys I've seen play in this country at the college level, it's not getting much better. You're not doing much better. The big man is basically a novelty act at this point. Uh, Big basketball is is essentially done. It's all about the three-pointer, ball movement. Uh, You're a high-character guy. I mean, Trey Young basically checks all the boxes. And this is a guy I'd take on my team at the next level in a second. So that gets to some of our uh, Q&As that you guys have thrown at us. I, ironically, that was one of the questions we got. Is it a no-brainer that Trey Young goes pro? I say it is a no-brainer. By the way, find us on Twitter at Heartland underscore CS. Every Tuesday, I'm going to throw out a mailbag where you guys can ask questions. Uh, we've been doing write-ups for those, but also we'll start incorporating them onto the radio show as well. So just find us on Twitter at Heartland underscore CS. Throw us your Big 12 questions on Tuesday, and we'll answer as many as we can on the show. Also got this one. Who will be Oklahoma football's biggest threat next season? And boy, is that a good question. I don't want to cop out. It's early. I don't want to cop out. But my gut tells me, just my gut, there's two teams I'm keeping a close eye on that can give OU a run next season. Really, I, I, I don't think it's even about OU. I think there are three, four, five teams you could argue that could win the Big 12 next season. But right off the bat, in January, I'm saying West Virginia, because of that offense, Will Greer, David Sills, if the defense can just be halfway respectable, they got a shot. And then I'm also, also going to go to Austin, Texas. Herman's recruited well. He's coached them up. We saw that this past year. Todd Orlando is the best defensive coordinator in the Big 12 and one of the best in the country. I don't think that unit's going to really miss much of a beat at all. 
if the, if the offensive line can be put together decently and if the quarterback position can improve slightly, this team can compete with the top teams in the Big 12. Think about all the close losses that Texas had this past season. Whether it was to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, all these games that could have gone either way. And you think about those, kind of like Iowa State two years ago. All these close losses. And then the year following, with that new head coach in his second year, a full offseason in his program, in his system, boom, they blow up. So I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Texas is a national title contender. I don't think they are. But can they compete near the top of the Big 12 if everything breaks right? I think they can. Pete Mundo wrapping it up with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always appreciate you guys joining us. Can't thank you enough for being a part of Heartland College Sports, supporting us, our grassroots movement, and the Big 12 Conference because this conference deserves it. You deserve it. And every day and every week that passes, we are trying to do our best at Heartland College Sports to bring the conference the attention and the respect that it deserves. So thank you for being a part of that, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week, same time, same place, here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Thanks again so much for listening, guys, to this week's show and podcast. Once again, rate, review, subscribe. Can't thank you enough. And if you want the free koozie, email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com with a screenshot of your review. I'll get it in the mail right away. Talk to you guys soon.